west reached the valleys high in the Hethestial Mountains. A man from a wine shop raced the other tale-bearers and reached the palace of the Queen of Edis, just as her court had gathered in the ceremonial hall for dinner. The Queen stood talking with several of her ministers. Behind her was the elaborate ceremonial throne. In front of her the dishes were gold, and by her plate was the gold-figured cup the kings and queens of Edis had drunk from for centuries. As the queen took her place at the table, and the members of the royal family, followed by the barons in residence at the palace and various ambassadors, did the same, one of Edis's guardsmen crossed the hall to stand behind her chair. The court watched while he bent to speak to her quietly. The queen listened without moving, except to glance down the long table at her uncle, who was also her minister of war. The queen spoke to the guardsman and dismissed him then turned back to the table. If my ministers will join me, I am sure we will return shortly. Do please enjoy your dinner, she announced calmly. Then she stood and crossed the room with a decisive step that didn't match her finery. She moved toward a narrow doorway that led to a smaller throne room, the original Megaron of her ancestors' stronghold. Her ministers collected around her, following as she led down the three shallow steps through the doorway and across the painted floor to the dais. The original throne room of Edis was smaller, the original throne simpler than the ceremonial throne in the dining hall. Carved from stone and softened by embroidered cushions, the old throne was quite plain. Being a plain person, Edis preferred it to the gilded glory of the new throne. She ruled her country from the smaller throne room, and saved the glories of the greater hall for banquets. Pulling impatiently at her long skirts, she seated herself. Eugenides has been arrested in Atolia, she said to her ministers. A tradesman has come with the news from the capital city. I asked the guard to bring him here. She didn't look at her minister of war as she spoke. Her counsellors exchanged worried glances, but waited patiently without speaking. Edis's guard, as they escorted the Atolian in, watched him carefully in case he was less harmless than he appeared. But he only stood before the throne, nervously twisting the collar of his shirt. It was bad news that he'd brought, and he knew it. Having come so far to deliver it, hoping to be well paid, he was afraid of his reception. What do you know about the arrest of my thief? the queen asked and the tradesman cleared his throat a few times before he spoke. They found him in the palace and drove him out through the town. He was outside the city walls before they caught him. They arrested him outside the city. Was he injured? They used dogs, your majesty. I see, said the queen, and the tradesman shuffled his feet nervously. And how do you know it was my thief? The members of the guard said so in the wine shop. We all saw him arrested, at least I and my wife did, but it was the middle of the night, and we didn't know who it might be, but the guards were talking the next day in the shop. They said it was the thief of Edis that the Queen had caught, and that— The tradesman tapered off into embarrassed, throat-clearing noises. Go on, said the Queen, quietly, struggling to appear non-threatening when she wanted to shake him until his teeth rattled. 
They said she's going to make him pay for taunting her, leaving things in the palace so she knows he's been there. The queen's eyes closed and opened slowly. It was Eugenides she wanted to shake until his teeth rattled. She said, You've come a long way in a short time. Yes, your majesty. Hoping no doubt to be paid for it. The tradesman was silent. He'd ridden his horse to exhaustion and climbed a narrow mountain trail on foot, hurrying every step in order to be the first one to reach Edis with the news. Give him a double weight in silver, the queen directed the lieutenant of her guard, and feed him before he goes home. Give a silver griffin to anyone else who brings the news today, she added, and I want to speak to anyone who brings fresh news. When the tradesman was gone, she sat staring into space and frowning.